0: You're listening to The B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest for this episode is Kelly Johnson. Kelly is Senior Director of Content Strategy and Web Strategy at Lever which is a talent acquisition platform. So Kelly, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for making time.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me.
0: So Kelly, you recently were at, you were a presenter at content marketing world, the the conference, right? Right. And you were part of a panel on emerging content types and Mm -hmm. why B2B marketers need to be aware of them. So, so first, just give us a little overview. What are some of those new content types that you guys talked about?
1: Yeah, that was a great panel. Loved being at Content Marketing World. And some of the content types and platforms we talked about were using TikTok and AR and VR platforms. And in some cases, with the with the example of Salesforce, Jessica Berman is le- launching a whole streaming operation, Salesforce Plus. So that's there's a video component there. I believe podcasts came up at one point in time, but the conversation really focused on the types of platforms that B2B marketers or content marketers could use. And AR, VR was a focus and also thinking through, will these be gone in a year or two? Are these flashes in the pan, so to speak? And how much time Mm -hmm. should content marketers put into building content on these platforms if eventually they're just going to disappear? So it was a good substantive conversation, and I mm-hmm. think some of the takeaways for me were that, you know, with our strategy around thinking through platforms like TikTok or Twitter spaces, which we're excited about, we're really need to think about whether or not these have, what kind of shelf life these have. And in my example, when thinking about TikTok and Twitter spaces, I really wanted to evaluate these platforms, but double down on the channels that have been successful for Lever, like our blog and resources channel.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk about some of these channels individually. Let's start with TikTok. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what TikTok is. A lot of interest, of course, in among all kinds of marketers, B2C, B2B, in leveraging the the platform. What's your general take on TikTok as, as a B2B channel? Where do you stand on that?
1: Well, as a B2B channel, TikTok looks promising, But as I said, at CM World, we want to make sure we understand the security challenges before we launch any content on the platform. We're going to start podcasting soon, too. So there might be an opportunity for us to think about how we take TikTok content, podcast content, excuse me, and repurpose it on TikTok. But we really want to make sure with TikTok that we understand security challenges before we dive in headfirst into putting content on that platform. Levers really security conscious for good reason. As one of the bigger talent acquisition sites on the market that have big name clients, we really want to make sure that we do our due diligence in terms of privacy, data security. And if we use a platform that could exploit any security issues, we don't want to take any chances there.
0: So what kind of security issues does TikTok present?
1: Well, one of the challenges I've heard TikTok had was the purported breach that basically exposed some private data. Cybersecurity analysts discovered a breach of an insecure channel, of an insecure server, excuse me, that allowed TikTok storage to be exposed and which which contained, excuse me, personal user data. So that type of security breach gives me pause. But again, I know a lot of brands are using it they might not have those same types of concerns but as lever is a data conscious company we want to make sure we understand any type of issue like this and what the resolution is before we move forward with any types of content plans
0: okay right now in in terms of let's say that you do decide to move forward with tiktok let's talk about what kind of content would actually make sense for uh, you know for that channel because i you know i've dabbled around in tiktok When I and I think when most people think of tech tech, they think of like people dancing, doing crazy stunts, (laughs) you know, things like that, more just pure entertainment. Right. What kind of B2B kind of content do you envision would make sense for for TikTok?
1: Yeah, great point. Yeah. We don't want to have any of our internal thought leaders or brand leaders on TikTok doing milk crate challenges or dance challenges. But in terms of content, that makes sense for us. We could really leverage our internal thought leaders and our recruiting team to talk to the audience on that channel about recruiting challenges that are happening in the space. The macro factors that are impacting their jobs, like hiring in a down economy and the steps that they're taking to either shift in the corporate space to away from high volume hiring to internal mobility or employee retention, or even think through how we can lever leverage excuse me, our C-suite a bench to talk through how to lead an organization with empathy during a down market or when you have to shift. What does that look like in leading your organization through economic uncertainty? So, there's lots of topics that are timely right now that we can tackle. And from a B2B point of view, this might be just a brand building opportunity that translates into conversions but there's opportunities for us to leverage that platform to expand our thought leadership. And it's the same with Twitter spaces too. That's an area of uh, interest for us. So lots of opportunities for us to put faces to names behind the lever team that have really strong background and domain expertise in recruiting and the talent acquisition space to teach and expand our thought leadership agenda again to our general audience, as well as a very targeted one, which is talent acquisition teams about the challenges that are happening today.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so beyond the security concerns, mm-hmm. what other, what else about TikTok might give you pause? You know, there's, I think, and I, I'm asking that because, in terms of pros and cons, I think the biggest attraction of TikTok, as far as I can tell, is just its reach. You know, so many people are on it, and Agreed. things can go viral very quickly if you do it the right way. Yeah. But what about is there a downside to, but but again, besides the security, like what do you see as some of the cons of TikTok?
1: Well, in terms of cons and you're right, it's growing. And a lot of, it seems like a lot of brands are using that channel to grow their audiences very quickly. Security challenges aside, one issue that could come up is that TikTok just ceases to exist one day for whatever reason. And it's that old adage that you hear Robert Rose and Joe Pulitzi say, which is don't build your house on rented land. We put all this time and effort into building content on this channel and it just goes mm-hmm. away. Um, we're not sure what would happen to that content. I'm sure we'd have the raw files somewhere, but then we lose this this channel that is driving traffic, website visits, possibly conversions back to our website. So I think that's a concern with any platform, to be honest with you. That's not your own. You always have to evaluate how much time and attention an investment you want to make in it before, if it should go away, you lose that appendage, so to speak, or that tool in your arsenal to create an audience. So for me, that's one of the bigger cons, so to speak, or just challenges that I see with any platform that we want to use.
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. Not just TikTok, but I suppose any platform. I mean, one, one question that I have about TikTok, like for our business, you know, we're a podcast production company, And we do have a presence on TikTok. We're sort of exploring it. But I guess Mm -hmm. my biggest concern, I suppose, is are the people that I'm trying to talk to, you know, is my audience, are they on TikTok, number one? And if they are, are they looking for, you know, B2B marketing stuff or podcasting stuff? Or are they just on there to be entertained, or does that yeah. matter? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I really don't know. I don't know the answer to that. What, it, what about for you guys? Like for, for lever, like, does it, what, how yeah. do you, how do you think about those questions?
1: Yeah, that's it. We think about that question in the very same way. I think for a huge channel like TikTok, we think there is possible opportunity for us to engage who we think our audience is, which are talent acquisition teams on this channel. So there, We think there there is a presence there, how big, we're not sure we, we are willing to test it. There are some other platforms outside of t- TikTok that we know, or we don't know, actually. I want to back up and say we don't know, but we have a pretty good gut feeling that our audience isn't there, like AR and VR platforms. We're not sure talent acquisition teams are there talking through, again, what are the challenges that are impacting the mm-hmm. roles today, like moving from high volume hiring to internal mobility or what happens when your headcount budget gets slashed, right? I think for us, there's a wait and see approach with those type of platforms. With TikTok, we definitely would be able to or be interested in and t- in testing out some content there, but to see if our audience is there or as much of our audience is there as we think. And if it doesn't work, we can take a step back and evaluate and either abandon the platform or proceed, but we know it's going to take time. So even if your audience is there, Mm -hmm. With any platform, it's going to take time to build an audience and eventually see the ROI in that, in the form of, in what we would consider goals, which is website visits and then eventually conversion.
0: Okay, so let's. You mentioned AR and VR, so let's talk Mm -hmm. about that a little bit. And I think you were just voicing, you know, one possible concern and one possible con is that it's just not clear how many people are using these platforms. Like, there's Mm -hmm. been you know, Facebook's been, or Meta, I guess, is the company now, has been in the news recently. I saw an article that their expectations for the, their multiverse platform had fallen pretty short, right? Right. Not yeah. as many people as they hoped were using it, and, which I think is what you're talking about, right? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's definitely a concern. But what's, what's attractive about this technology, about these channels? I mean, you know, even if maybe they're still a few years away from really being useful – B two B marketers, yeah. but what's interesting about something like the multiverse or like a virtual world like that?
1: Well, I think from a personal standpoint, it's interesting to think that you have a platform that you can be fully immersed in and interact and interact with, which is interesting. You know, it's there's not very many platforms. I believe I'll back up and say, it, you know, AR VR has existed in some way, shape, or form previously. And it's been fun to kind of play around with those tools from a personal standpoint, from a B2B marketer standpoint. I'm not sure what the efficacy of that would be to immerse yourself in a world, like in terms of a talent acquisition world, I'm sure we could think through some really creative scenarios for using AR and VR. But at the end of the day, is this really going to facilitate a conversation, like we said, about the, the issues that are impacting the hiring world or talent recruiter, talent acquisition teams today? And then what is the end goal other than brand awareness? So it's attractive to answer your question from the ability just to be able to have this interactive experience. But beyond that, I don't see much. uh, uh, That's where it ends and begins, really. There's not much more that's attractive for me from a B2B marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. By the way, I I think I just said multiverse rather than I meant to say metaverse. I think the multiverse is... (laughs) something from Marvel comics or something like that right great movie <laughs> by the way yeah I realize yeah. Like, that's not what I'm talking about okay but anyway yeah I, I I hear you that stuff seems like really intriguing but maybe not quite there yet I mean just the yeah. fact that you have to you know put a big bulky headset on your face to interact in that just not enough people are probably doing yeah. that on a regular basis right well, you know not enough people generally, let alone like B2B marketers or B2B, you know, folks in the B2B yeah. world. So, exactly. so, okay. So, but on the other hand, I'll say, you know, I have tried on one of those headsets, not for business, but just for fun. I mean, they are pretty remarkable the way they can immerse yeah. you in a virtual world. So I can, you can definitely see the promise of it, but maybe yeah. just not, it's not quite there yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I've used yeah. so, similar headsets and it's just been a, a fun, immersive experience. And I, maybe there's an opportunity for retailers, right. In a metaverse, like you, you have seen some brands that are specific to retail yeah. like Zara and H and M use them, which is great for those highly transactional businesses. Again, I'm not sure how it works within the metaverse when you're buying a product in the metaverse. But again, from a B2B standpoint, I would love for to know and see how, a metaverse interaction turns into a website visit and or an opportunity for conversion. Because when you have a sales cycle, that's pretty long. I don't know how a metaverse experience can help Mm. cut that down or again, just drive a conversation. So with the sales rep.
0: Yeah. Remains to be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. So now you also mentioned Twitter spaces Mm -hmm. and That was a new one to me. I but it's kind of it's a little bit like Clubhouse, right? Sort of an audio channel where people can dip in and out and join conversations, that sort of thing, right? So, say a little bit about that because I know that a, a year or so ago, Clubhouse was kind of a big deal, but you don't hear people talking much about it anymore. So, is Twitter Spaces is that something different enough that it it's interesting, or is it? You know more or less the same thing as like what clubhouse was or is
1: you're right i believe that it was initially created to be kind of like a club a clubhouse killer so to speak and then when clubhouse started to kind of fade away twitter spaces remained and it's still on the platform and i think what's interesting for, uh, for us about twitter spaces is that it's twitter is still a platform that people are using daily And this is just another way for us to be able to get our internal thought leaders and others with domain expertise around talent acquisition to have these informative conversations about the job market and hiring on this this platform. And then we can see how this translates into more interactions with our Twitter account, as well as, again, website visits and opportunities for conversion. I think what's interesting additionally about Twitter Spaces is that they continue to build on the tool. So they add new features or they've been adding Mm. new features like a do testing tool that allows certain hosts to clip 30 second bits of audio from recorded spaces to share with others on Twitter. So even if you haven't had a live conversation, Mm. you can record it and share it at a later date with your Twitter users. So I think for us, it kind of is akin to podcasting. We could probably chop up, bits and pieces of our podcast. If Once we launch that, again, I'm taking notes from this one and going to be inspired to, <laughs> from what I learned here to optimize our podcast. But any types of conversations that we have on Twitter spaces can be used to inform larger conversations on our podcast and then shared back on the platform. So there's this natural kind of synergy, for lack of a better term, between some of these content formats that lend itself to what we want to do with our content strategy, which is, get our thought leaders out there to be talking about what's happening in the, in the TA space.
0: Kelly, well, you've, you've given us a lot a lot to chew on, a lot to think about, some really interesting new you know, content channels, options coming, coming down. So thanks for sharing all those insights with us. And again, thanks for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at That's C-O-N-N-V-E-R-S-A dot The B2B content show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting.